And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 388. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2021. I bet everybody is really glad to see 2020 go in the rearview mirror. Gosh, I am. (laughs) It's been a hell of a year, hasn't it, folks? And of course, it's not all over yet. But, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel that doesn't appear to be a train, at least at this point. So uh, a collective sigh of relief here as we enter into a new year after a year that has been, let's just say, suboptimal to most people. Anyway, welcome along to the show. Hope everybody had a very good New Year. I spent the New Year in perhaps the um, the most pathetic way possible, to be honest. At home, on Animal Crossing, and yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's not really being fair to myself because I actually had a, a pretty productive evening. I've been working on a lot of these personal projects of mine. And uh, one of the projects I'm working on, of course, is my family genealogy. And I spent, you know, a good five solid hours New Year's Eve working on that uh, before going into Animal Crossing for the actual strike of the new year. But anyway, I still feel a little bit silly about it. But, you know, hey, (laughs) I guess it's fun. (laughs) All right. So uh, getting back to uh, where we left off, we are going to be covering this week issues number seven of Thor Volume 3 series. And uh, then after this week, we're going to be moving on to uh, something else, something that I think you guys are going to like. So without any further ado, let's go. Oh, wait, no, we have Thor news. (laughs) That was a fooler, folks. Yeah, there's been a lot of Thor news over the last few weeks. And uh, Manuel over in the Facebook group had posted that he's going to get angry with me if I don't mention it. A lot of Thor news in the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, We had a trailer for the new Loki series. That looks to be really interesting, folks. I cannot lie. It's hard for me to get excited about new projects as far as like TV shows and movies and stuff because I'm, I'm always very cautiously optimistic. But I have to say that the whole concept of this Loki series is Loki kind of unhinged, as it were, from the regular reality and, and traveling through the multiverse uh, following the events of, of Avengers Endgame. It seems to me that this is, could be either really, really exciting and interesting or really, really stupid. And, and I'm, I'm trusting Marvel in this case not to screw up Loki. Loki is, you know, arguably the most interesting character in the MCU. And it's kind of... You know, I'm crying right on the edge of being excited and not being excited. So, yeah, anyway, I am looking forward to checking out the Loki series, and hopefully uh, we can do that uh, as soon as possible. Um, we also have announcements, of course, several big announcements about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, we have the casting of Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, which I'm not sure how I feel about, I'll be quite honest with you. Um you guys know how tired I got of gore. Um, <laughs> I, I only hope that 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 Taika Waititi, you know, instead of you know screwing up some other Asgardians, 
at very least, he, he listens to the show and uses my voice for Gore the God Butcher because I think that would be really, really funny. Uh, I, they won't, of course, but, you know, if, if he talks like this, then I'll be all excited about it and, and uh, you know, hopefully they'll acknowledge me in the credits. And, of course, we have the return of uh, Sif also in that movie that's been announced. Jamie Alexander is returning as Sif. It's, you know, and that'll be interesting to see if uh, they address her absence in Thor Ragnarok, and I'm sure they will, at least on some level. Um, I know that she made a couple of appearances in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I saw the first one before I ran out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to watch it's a long story, folks. But anyway, I haven't been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since the first season, but I will eventually, that's a, a series that I will eventually go back to and, and um, yeah, c- catch up on. But I have so little time for watching television with all the various projects I'm, I'm doing now that it's just kind of, yeah. So anyway, like I said, we do have an issue of Thor to cover. So let's go ahead and cover it right after the music. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at Thor, Volume 3, Number 7. So, yeah, so this is kind of interesting because this issue came out several months after issue number six. Obviously, nowadays, everybody writes in six-issue blocks for the trade market. But this was actually, um, there was a three-month gap between the last issue and this issue as we move into this new story arc. But I wanted to cover this issue just because it, it, it kind of touches on a few things that I thought we should cover before we move on to the next thing. But anyway, so here we are, uh, and we have this cover, and I um, don't know who the artist is. I think it's uh, Djurjevic who did the inside uh, cover. But uh, anyway, uh, cover art shows Thor scowling, and he is flinging his hammer towards the camera. He's, he's holding on to it. He's kind of flying towards the camera or running uh, as though to attack us. And on the top of the hammer is his logo. just says Thor. May 2008 was the cover date, 299 was the cover price, and we open up to the splash page where we have the title of the story, Father Issues, and we also have the credits. J. Michael Straczynski was the writer, Marco Djurjevic was the penciler, Danny Miki was the inker, Helena Kavik Djurjevic was the colorist, Chris Iliopoulos was the letterer, Marco Djurjevic did the cover, as we already said. Um, there's a variant cover by uh, Koipel and Djurjevic. How many times do I say Djurjevic? Uh, anyway, Alejandro Arbona was the assistant editor. Warren Simons was the editor. Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. Dan Buckley is the publisher. And we have a follow-up scene to the end of the issue. I remember uh, Thor did this giant you know, magical orgasm and spewed his lightning all over the world to bring back the rest of the Asgardians. And uh, he fell to the ground, and now we see him being carried by uh, Hogan and Balder. We also see Volstagg in the foreground, uh, mouth agape as though he's yelling. And he is yelling. He's saying, Make way! Make way! The Lord of Asgard has fallen! Make way, or way shall be made through you! And Thor is speaking to uh, Hogan and Balder, who are kind of carrying him. 
my chambers. Nearly there, my liege, says Hogan. The others, they should not see me weakened so. Not true, my lord Thor, says Balder. They know that the lord of Asgard fell restoring his people and paid a great price in doing so. There is no shame in this, my lord. Perhaps, Balder. Has word been sent to my father's metalsmith? Fandral races to find Falki, even now carrying your message. And we see this also. We see Fandral kind of bounding from rooftop to rooftop, and he's in this like this great hall. And yeah, we'll see um, what happens here. No one can bring him here with greater speed. Do you wish the presence of anyone else, my lord? And Thor's thinking, I, I, and he has an image of uh, Loki, a girl Loki, in his head, and he's like, No, Hogan, no others. And one of the guards is like. My lord, you are a shadow of myself, Falky. Did you bring it? Yes, of course. And so this happened really, really quickly. They, it's almost as though no time has passed at all between panels, but here we have what's obviously a gap um, because uh, we had just a fandral bounding off to find Falky, and now he's here. Anyway, um, and so uh, there's like this giant uh, stone sarcophagus uh, being laid out in the middle of the room, and uh, Falky is uh, directing these uh, soldier types to, to put it there. There, in the center of the room. Hurry. What is this, my lord? says one of the guards. Before he died, says Thor, my father bequeathed to me the Odin power. In restoring Asgard and our people, I have used it too greatly, too fast. Like him, I must now enter the Odin sleep to restore myself. But I have learned from the past, Balder. And this time, while I sleep, I will not be made vulnerable to any of Asgard's enemies. And Falky uh, rejoins here, I had begun work on this when Odin walked among us still. It contains enchantments that create a state between life and death, as mortals will induce coma into one who is badly wounded, so that he may heal more quickly. These enchantments should reduce the time required for Odin's sleep. In addition, once closed from within... It cannot be broken by any force of men or gods. Most important of all, it cannot be opened again, except from within. And in this you have done well, Falky, says Thor. Now leave us, so that we may proceed before the darkness takes me. Of course, my lord, says Falky. I think Falky is supposed to be a dwarf here. Uh, he, he does look significantly shorter in stature in some panels to uh, the other gods, but... It's hard to tell, anyway. Um, so, basically, there's a big sleeping box, and Thor has to lock himself inside, and he can't come out until he's ready. Anyway, uh, so they're all looking at it, and Thor's uh, getting into the box, and it basically just looks like a stone sarcophagus or coffin. While I am asleep, for however long that may be, a day, a week, or a year, I entrust Asgard to your hands, Balder. I will attempt to do as you would, my lord, says Balder. Do better. For my decisions have not always been wise. Fare you well. And they all seal Thor into the sarcophagus with a boom. Thor is locked now inside this, this coffin thing until he comes back. And all of a sudden, Balder looks up with a surprise because he sees standing in front of him Don Blake. And Blake is standing there with his cane in hand. And he says, well... Here's something unexpected. How, says Balder. Good question. 
Since I hear what Thor hears and he hears what I do, I understand the purpose of this device. A state between life and death, Falky said. Interesting. A quantum scientist named Erwin Schrodinger once suggested if you put a cat in a box and there's a 50-50 chance of a poison gas canister going off inside, the cat isn't alive or dead. It's alive and dead, both quantum possibilities existing simultaneously. It's only when you open the box that the two possibilities collapse into one reality, producing either a live cat or a dead cat. So if he's between life and death, then it seems to me that we've got both a live thunder god and a dead thunder god in here. So my sudden appearance would seem to imply that when he does die, I'll be separate and on my own again. Just as well, since I have places to go and things to do. And uh, he starts to leave, Baldur's saying behind him, If my lord Thor is both dead and alive in there, what does that make you out here? The cat, says Blake. And he comes out the door, and there's a bunch of guards and gods hanging around there. And he's like, uh, hi? (laughs) Excuse me, coming through, pardon me. Is that a sword, or you're just happy to see me? (laughs) Coming through. Oops, sorry, didn't mean to step on your whatever that is. Excuse me. And he goes to the edge of the path of Asgard, and there's just this huge drop going down, like a sheer cliff going down. And he turns around, and he's like, anybody got a ladder? And we shift scenes, and we are within the sarcophagus, and Thor, and he uh, is having a vision. And we see him open his eyes, and there's a vision. He hears a voice. And the voice is coming from a raven, perhaps Hugin and or Munin. There's two of them, of course. And the voice is like, So, vain princeling, how feels it be sleeping in your father's bed with your father's powers and your father's crown? What else would you have me do, says Thor? Even you, Odin's ravens, know that my father is dead. Yes, he is, having fallen in battle against Surtur, defending his son, defending you. You, who raised up all those Asgardians who were once dead. All but one? Thoughtless, selfish son, vain princeling. I can only call back those who fell during Ragnarok. My father died before it ran its course. A comforting thought, we are sure, allowing you to rule unchallenged, with no one else possessing the power or the authority to say you shall not. Which may be why you seem not greatly saddened by Odin's absence, nor much inclined to change it. There is nothing I can do, says Thor. He is gone. <laughs> then, vain princeling, I must ask for my perch, and your perch in this netherworld between life and death. What might that be that grows so fiery and so dangerously beyond the hill? And why does the sound of combat coming thence sound so familiar? Uh, Thor is very thoughtful, and he goes off walking towards the um, uh, towards the light, or maybe away from the light. I'm not really sure in this case. And we hear a voiceover, and uh, it is it is actually Blake, and he appears to be on a phone call or talking to somebody, and he's saying, "I'm looking for someone, someone who may not wish to be found, and I was told by a friend that you might be the right person to talk to about that sort of thing." My name. Dr. Blake, I'm a doctor, and we see him uh, buying an airline ticket to New York uh, and paying in gold. I was referred to you by someone who used to be one of the Avengers, but has now gone independent, quite independent, uh, in Oklahoma, 
and the the gate people at the airport are like, is it real? I think it's real. How do you know I'm real? Says Blake. I was told to mention a certain incident in Latveria where you were caught not only without your weapons, but also without your trousers. Should I continue? I didn't think so. So can you help me? Good. The name of the person I'm looking for, Jane Foster. And we see Blake, he gets on the airplane, is taking off towards New York. And we ship back to Thor as he's heading towards the sounds of battle and he hears boom, boom. And he crests a ridge and he actually looks below and he sees the battle that is going on. And this battle is going between Surtur, the fire demon, and Odin himself. Surtur looking rather different from the way we've seen him. They, they definitely got away from the Simonson appearance uh, here. And now he just looks like this big green devil guy with uh, like Nyala antlers coming out of his head. Um, and Odin, of course, looking very regal. Um, yeah, warrior god, a.k.a. Santa Claus sort of look about him. And uh, Odin is shouting out, Go back to the pit that spawned you, Surtur. Odin says you shall not stand. And Surtur reaches out and grabs him by the neck and, and squeezes him and uh, slashing with his tail. And uh, it makes uh, it, it is very much looks the appearance that uh, Odin has been killed. Um, yeah, by the slash against his back. And Thor is like, Father? Father! And he brings the storm down, and, and there's uh, lightning crackling all around him, and he leaps towards uh, the battle. And Odin is not dead. And we see his uh, his one eye, the the, uh, the bad eye, is, is kind of covered with a, like a cataract or something, uh, which is that's kind of unlike what normally had or Odin would be portrayed because I do believe he gouged his eye out. But maybe, maybe he stuck a marble or something in there. I don't know. Anyway. By the blood that is my birthright, by the steel that is my burden, die, says Odin, and he drives his sword through Surtur's neck, and Surtur goes, again, is burning up in, in flame, and um, Odin falls down to uh, to the ground, and uh, Thor jumps down behind him, and he's like, Father, let me help you. I, Thor, you should not. You should not. And uh, Odin is unconscious, and uh, Thor's like, Odin, I don't understand. I don't understand. And uh, we see Hugin and Munin standing above on the, uh, the cliff top above, and they're talking to each other here. Which is better and which is worse, I wonder, for him to understand or for him to not understand? Understanding is always worse. To not understand is to never carry the burden of responsibility. Understanding is pain. But anything less is unacceptable. Your wounds, father, says Thor. They are... Do not, says Odin. Do not concern yourself with these wounds, my son. They will be gone come the morning. Though in this place what is morning and what is night is known only to greater powers than mine. You should not be here, Thor. This is the place of the dead. How came you? Through the Odin sleep, father. Of course. Asleep in the place between life and death. But no longer is it the Odin sleep. The power is yours. The throne is yours. It is the Thor sleep now. But if you are here, and I can see you and touch you and speak to you, then I can recall you from the darkness. 
I can... If you wish to recall me from the darkness, my son, you would have made some effort before now, would have summoned mages, would have asked questions, would have tried. You did not, as I would have not in your place. I do not know what you... Yes, you do. Walk with me, Thor, that I may regain the use of my limbs, and I will tell you a story. Gods and mortal men share one quality. To be who we are, we must kill our fathers. For the mortals, this is a metaphor. A way of saying you must step out from behind your father's shadow and decide who you are without searching for his approval or permission. But for a god, this means something altogether different. And he goes into a flashback. And we show a scene here of the birth of Odin, and we see Abor and Bestla, his parents, standing over him with their hands held. When I was born, born I was an Aesir. Bor and Bestla were my father and mother. Bor was of the gods who created the universe, and the goddess Bestla was my mother. Bor taught me how to fight, and how to think, how to rule, and how to serve. He taught me how to defend his dreams, and we see, uh, I guess it's Odin, uh, it's hard to tell because he doesn't have a beard and he's not old, uh, fighting against a bunch of uh, monsters, uh, they look a little bit like the uh, the zombies from uh, um, Ragnarok series, and uh, they, they have got like uh, these dire wolves with them that he's fighting against. But he did not tell me how to create dreams of my own. I walked in Midgard before mortals existed and found it beautiful but empty. And I thought perhaps a new race created in this place could be my dream, my legacy. And so it was that I first breathed life into man. My father was ill-pleased. He would not undo what I had done, but to punish me and serve his rage, he visited upon the mortal race every suffering, every pain every curse within his power to bring. And we see scared cavemen kind of hiding underneath big rocks and being attacked by wolves and monsters and that kind of thing. And that is saying much, says Odin. Then another war came with the enemies of Asgard. They rose against us in numbers never before seen. We feared them not, and we see trolls and giants, that kind of thing, and uh, being attacked. We see Odin fighting alongside his father, and uh, these kind of blue monsters attacking them. For were we not gods, and was not Bor among us? Yes, he was, according to the illustration. <laughs> In the heat of battle, my father pursued an escaping frost giant, eager to have his heart, only to find a powerful sorcerer awaiting him, and a trap sprung. And we see uh, it looks like a um, old man with a uh, sort of gnarled staff uh, waiting for him, and... Odin kind of racing at him with this uh, primitive-looking axe. I came upon the scene only seconds later, but even those seconds were too late. And he's like, Father? He had been transformed into living snow, and with each passing instant the wind took away more of him, pulling him into the snowy hills that bordered Asgard. And Bor is like, My son, help me. I am undone. Find a sorcerer, the most powerful you can. My spirit will rest in the snow and wait for you to recall me. Find me in the snow, my son. Restore me. Help me. 
and he's gone. And Odin is uh, standing there uh, looking at the dispersed snow that used to be bore. Then the wind carried away his voice, and he was gone. Then I returned to where the others had proven victorious over their enemies. How could they not? For was not Bor with us? And uh, Odin is uh, approaching, and they go, Odin, where is your father? We must return to Asgard and celebrate our victory. My father, says Odin, my father is dead. Let us go now and mourn. And mourn we did, for my father was much beloved and much in the way. On that day I became king. I was able to make Midgard what I would, make my plans as I chose, make my destiny my own. And each winter, when the snows came and the wind whirled, I thought I heard my father's voice calling out to be from where his spirit lay, trapped within the storm and hills for all time. And I knew in my heart that his voice was not simply my imagination. But in time, the voice faded until I could hear it no more, or so I told myself. For if a voice is never acknowledged, is it not the same as the voice no longer speaking? And I had more important matters to address. An heir, a son, you. And we have a scene here of Odin holding baby Thor. And um, the, uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a nurse. I, I think it's a nurse or something. And uh, she's crying and Odin's like, why do you weep, woman? Do you not see, my lord Odin? See what? He has your father's eyes, does he not, my lord? Yes, says Odin. And uh, Odin continues, And I knew in that one moment that one day that wheel would turn again. To be continued. And uh, yeah, we're not going to be covering that uh, anytime soon. So that is that basically is the uh, kind of the resolution here of that first story arc of, of Thor volume three. Will we come back to it? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Well, I guess we'll see over time. Anyway, that is Thor volume three, number seven. And we'll be talking all about this issue right after this message. Hi, I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike. And we're the host of How Star Wars Is It? It's a podcast where we rate and review things like movies. But not of how good or bad they are. Yeah, no, how Star Wars they are. And what does that mean, you might ask? It's a little something like this. If Star Wars was Everybody Loves Raymond, this is King of Queens. If Chris Farley was still around. Yeah, Kevin James wouldn't exist. I have a game. It is called Sebulba. Or Bulbasaur. Yeah, when he was a Palpatine. Do we have like an animated show that we could pitch? The Emperor and, and his it takes Palpatine. Place at Count Dooku is around his age, plus yeah, or minus like, a decade. Maybe like Count Dooku. That's really funny. <laughs> if that sounded good, or Star Wars, then check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at How Star Wars Is It? And like we always say, may, may the, the fourth be with you. you. And we're back to talk about the issue as we always are. So yeah, um, interesting issue this. I actually, I, I quite like it. And I, I understand that it's kind of both the end of the prior storyline and the beginning of a new one. But it, 
I find this uh, really compelling. And it's kind of, we're getting kind of the, the origin of, of Odin. We touch on the character of Bor, who, spoilers from 10 years ago, is, is coming back kind of as a direct result of all of this. So, yeah. Um, so we, we do have more in, in this tale of, um, of Bor coming back um, that eventually maybe we'll cover. But uh, anyway, um, we got um, a really, really good art. This Marco Djurjevic, um, I, I really, really like uh, his art. It's very different from Koipel. I mean, Koipel, of course, I, you know, a big fan of. But this is a more realistic style, like, quote-unquote realistic, as far as the, the figures and all of that. It's less stylized. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's, you know, it, it is stylized in, in its own way. It actually reminds me um, favorably of, of Isad Rebic, uh, though it's not a painted art style in the same way that, that Rebic's art usually is. So, but, it, but it does remind me a lot of Rebic's art. And uh, yeah, I, I will say everyone looks good. Uh, you know, the uh, there are some issues of scale which you often find again. You have this character of Falky who sometimes looks as tall as Thor, but sometimes looks like half as tall as Thor. Um, so, as I, particularly on the the page where they're rolling out the sarcophagus, uh, that that's a, immediately apparent uh, of what's going on here. Um, this is also kind of the sloppiest bit of the book when it comes to time, because we see on the previous page uh, Fandral racing off to find Falky, and then literally four panels later, here he is. So it's it's unclear. There should have been a caption or something saying, you know, shortly or, or something like that, just to indicate that there there has been some time passed that the Falky just hasn't apparated into the middle of the, of the room and just suddenly been there with his, his sarcophagus and all the people around this idea of the, uh, this uh, Odin coffin or whatever it is, the, the, the sleeping coffin, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's something that, that they probably should have come up with 30 years before. <laughs> back, back during the Lee Kirby run, in fact, you know, they, they did kind of become a, a, a kind of a, yeah, kind of a cliche of, of Odin having to go into the Odin sleep and then having like Mangog attack and, and uh, having to defend him. So th that was kind of a cliche for a while. And here they've, they've kind of taken steps to address that. Um, which you would think that the gods have been around for thousands and thousands of years. They would be used to it by now and have taken precautions already. But nobody said that gods learned their lesson, do they? Anyway, uh, so yeah, overall, pretty solid issue, both in writing and also in art. And uh, yeah, at some point, be interested in, in seeing more of this. All right. Well, once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Hope everybody has a very nice 2021. And uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be uh, the clusterfuck that we had last year. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time with something new here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, 
and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.